So, where were we? I think I did the last podcast uh, in 2009. So, uh, I hope you haven't been holding your breath. <laughs> um, I always plan to come back. I always plan to come and do some more. I kind of had it in my head that the next section would be about healing. And then life kind of happened and I've been doing other bits and pieces and trying to remember that I have a life that doesn't involve sitting in front of a computer screen for long periods of time. And, well, the days and the weeks and the months and the years seem to go past horribly quickly. But anyway, I'm back. And this is going to be a whole new series of podcasts. I'm not going to promise how often they're going to come out. I'm not going to promise how many I'm going to do. But I will at least do this one. And uh, I am planning others, so watch this space. I haven't listened to the last set of podcasts, and that I think I need to confess, because, you know, I kind of thought, well, if I'm going to come back, I don't want to repeat myself. And um, it struck me that I'd have an awful lot of listening to do, because I think I did 28 or something before this one. So uh, that was a lot of listening, and I thought, no, I don't love you that much, so I'm not going to do it. So uh, I hope I won't repeat myself too much, but I got a vague idea of what I did last time. I know we had some some old recordings of Sun Bear and other bits and pieces. Um, I talked quite a lot about the medicine wheel. I talk quite a lot about uh, altars, um, all sorts of bits and pieces, I think. I know Faith Knowlton uh, did a, a, a bit, too, about sacred art. Um, so I think this time it does seem appropriate to come back and talk about healing. And I think, for me, the last five years, six years, have been a time when I've been developing that aspect of myself anyway. So, with luck, I've got a bit more I can actually say on the subject now than I could have done way back then. So, what do we mean by shamanic healing? Over the last six years, I've I've kind of watched shamanism grow and become more established and it's sort of become a catchword, a word that doesn't mean anything and yet means everything to everybody. And I see a lot of stuff that's going on as shamanic healing, which really isn't very shamanic at all, and um, is almost more like psychotherapy and counselling, actually, than, than healing. So, I don't know, I don't know where to start with shamanic healing in regards to all of that, because I, I guess that's part of it too, and it's part of the way it's developed in the West. So I think we need to, to kind of be aware of that, and I, I need to include that, because the broad definition of, of shamanic healing, as it was practiced perhaps in a in a, 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 a tent in Mongolia or Siberia 150 years ago is pretty different to what's going on in the West in terms of shamanic healing. For me, there's a difference between healing and curing. 
Now, healing is, for me, is about finding a balance and helping the person that I'm working with find a balance within their life that may or may not alleviate their physical or psychological symptoms, but they will find some sort of ease with it, some sort of relationship with their condition, which makes their condition more bearable, but it probably won't cure it. Curing is when the condition goes away. And uh, as my as my good friend Jonathan Horvitz often says, a shaman seeks to, uh, I'm paraphrasing him slightly, but a shaman seeks to achieve miracles. We ask for miracles uh, in our practice as shamanic practitioners. Shamanistas, I've been using the word shamanistas quite often in, in Facebook. It was... Uh, it was a phrase that got look, got conned or coined about uh, about twenty years ago with a group of us that uh, were sitting in a car after a, a workshop that we had attended it had gone terribly wrong, and we were all in that kind of slightly hysterical giggly space sitting in a car park in a wood and uh, and uh, we were talking about fashion Easters and um, shaman Easter kind of came up as a good word and I've seen other people using it now so I kind of like to think of myself as a shamanista which uh, gets out of the thorny question of of having to call oneself a shaman and I don't like the word shamanic practitioner a bit because it it feels all clinical and I imagine people wearing white coats so anyway that's a bit of a detour but um, curing and healing so I've known lots of people, lots of, lots of stories that I've heard about people that have really been cured, and I've heard lots more about people that have been healed. Um, healing, I think, is obviously easier to achieve than curing, but the spirits can do amazing things, and so sometimes curing happens. That's the next step that I want to say. The shaman, shamanista, shamanic practitioner, person with a drum, person with a rattle, they don't really do it. The spirits do it. And that's the tradition really from anywhere around the world. Now, a shaman has a special, a particular, a good relationship with the spirits. They have the ability to communicate with the spirits and the spirits work through them but it isn't the shaman that does it, it's the spirits that do it. And the shaman is the go-between that enables those spirits to come into the situation to transform it. So that's, that's something I really want to say, because, you know, if, if you think you do it, then for me that's a real kind of warning bell for ego, because it really is the spirits, and we have to, to honour the work that the spirits do through us. All we do, I often find that, that, for me, I often look at a situation I've been doing some healing work on, and it's almost like the spirits do it, and I'm just a witness. I'm just there to witness it. It's not, definitely not me that does it. Um, and very often, if I'm doing it, you know, on a journey, if I'm doing a kind of journey-based healing very often the spirits really will be the persons, the people, the beings doing it. 
and and I do nothing but observe them, watch them, um, and then you know I can feed that back to the person that the work was done for. There is no one way that a shaman, let's use the S word, a shaman does healing. Every every shaman, every practitioner, every shamanista will have their own methods. These methods will be taught to them from their culture, from their peers, from their spirits. And it will vary so much, even within a culture. You know, you, th you think of a particular tribe in, I don't know, Siberia or wherever, um, all the different people will have their own visions. They will have their own ability to do it in their own way. And yet there are kind of commonalities. Some shamans will go deeply into trance and the spirits will come into them and they, as in the spirits, will be the ones doing the healing now this is this is not journey shamanism this is this is shamanism in the healing room in the village wherever and the spirits will come into the shaman and the shaman's consciousness will get knocked out either a little bit and they'll become a backseat passenger in the car or they will be completely dumped outside of the car and they won't remember anything that happens until the spirits leave I've heard um, the Lapa traditions um, in the Himalayas, uh, in Ladakh and various other places, there's a whole tradition of shamanism that's kind of Buddhist and kind of pre-Buddhist in those Himalayan countries and, and also is, is still there in Tibet as well. And in Ladakh, the, 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 they talk about the shamans having sort of amnesia in that they have no recollection at all of, of what, what actually happened. They call in the spirits, the spirits do the biz, the spirits go, and the shaman's thinking, whoa, what happened? Now that's really pretty different to perhaps the way that we would do it, although for me, I know that when I am doing shamanic healing, in that way I'm not there to some degree or another and if I know that I am there I don't feel I'm doing it right or it's not happening right now that's a real hard one to to, to describe for me if I'm doing doctoring if I'm doing you know working on someone in a physical way um, I Oh, how do you describe this? I'm sure sure loads of you have got the same feeling, so you kind of know where I'm coming from. But it's it's a feeling of utter rightness. It's like you don't question what you do. You, you know, if I'm okay, I've got this person standing in front of me, and I'm I'm beating the hell out of them with a feather fan, for instance. I don't think about the fact that I'm beating them the hell out of them with the feather fan. I don't think where I'm going to hit them next or how I'm going to move the feathers or, or, or anything like that. It just happens. And if I find that I'm thinking about it, thinking about what I'm going to do next, then I'm not in the zone. And for me, that doesn't feel like it's a successful healing or it doesn't feel that the spirit's uh, are with me in a successful way. I guess that's a better way of putting it, because the healing may or may not work. But for me, I have to be as authentic as I can with my connection to the spirits. And I know that if I'm 
in any way sensing that I'm making it up, if I'm thinking what I'm going to do next, then for me, I've lost it. I know that that isn't then flowing for me. When I'm working with somebody, I am not there. I'm watching what's happening. My body is moving. I'm doing this, that to them. You know, I'm, I'm working with them, doing whatever it is that needs to be done. But I'm not thinking ahead of times. It just is a spontaneous dance between my body and their body in that way in the room. Um, for me, that's when the spirits are doing it. And, and and for me, that's really a fundamental kind of test that I apply to myself. If I'm doing a ceremony, it's not quite like that. And of course, doing ceremonial healing is a whole other way of healing. There's so many different strands to healing. So many. Um, healing can be something that happens absolutely spontaneously because you know on a deep level that you need to do X and you do it and you don't question it. And and that that is one form of healing. Another form of healing would be something that was very uh, worked out. It may be a traditional ceremony. You know what A is and then what B is and C is and you go through it, all the steps, and you do it as a piece of ritualistic action, uh, um, a piece of symbolic uh, pantomime, if you like, sort of symbolic actions, which you know have a, an outcome because you are in that culture that knows that that has that outcome. For instance, uh, a pipe ceremony. A pipe ceremony, uh, the Native American uh, sacred pipe, yeah, it's, it's very often a prayer ceremony, so the pipe is passed for prayer, but it can also be a healing ceremony too. And uh, for that, you would lay the person down in the middle of the room and you would be singing songs with them and you would probably be blowing the pipe smoke over them. Uh, that's the way that I was taught to do it. Or, or to use a surrogate if the person isn't there so that you'd have somebody lying down in the middle of the room pretending or acting as the sick person and you'd be doing the healing with them. So many different aspects to healing. In a way, it's every. Every person that comes to you that needs to have healing done or curing done or anything like that done, it's a different thing each time. You've got kind of prescribed things that you do, maybe, but but it's everything is different. I do a lot of distance work. Um, a lot of people contact me from all over the world. And luckily for me, I live in this sort of fairly remote Welsh valley and... Uh, you know, I can kind of hide behind the ridge of the hill, as it were, and not actually have to see too many human beings. So I get a lot of people contacting me from all over the place wanting bits and pieces done for them. And it's a bit of a different ball game when I'm working, doing, doing healing in that way, because, um, well, they're not in the room, obviously. So what I tend to do is to work with almost like a middle world journey i i sing a lot i sing a huge amount when i'm working and for me singing is a way of letting the spirits come in and it puts me in trance and it sidesteps my head stuff so i'm singing and i'm improvising i'm i don't except when i'm doing a pipe ceremony 
which is a prescribed ceremony. All the songs that I sing are in uh, uh, spirit language. They are they are sort of um, gobbledygook, basically. <laughs> I make them up as I go along, and and I never know what's going to happen and where where the melody is going to go and what the song is going to be. I kind of generally know what I'm singing about, but I'm not singing in English. And I'm doing that all the time. I'm muttering and I'm singing and I'm sort of making little whistling sounds. And, and for me, that's really important when I'm working because it keeps me in that space and it keeps my head chatter out the way. So I'll be doing that. I probably won't be using a drum if, if, if for instance, I've got to work with somebody. Um, OK, recently, let's think, let's, let's think. Somebody recently uh, had uh, a situation where they needed to go to hospital in a in a, in a, in a a real quick way and the the best thing that I could do at that time was to work with blessing the hospital and blessing their path to the hospital and blessing all of the the people working in the hospital so the easiest thing for me was to go to the hospital in in spirit world now I could have done that formally with a drum I could have sat down and I could have drummed and I could have gone down the rabbit hole or through the through the mirror or whatever to go into middle world and done it as an orthodox shamanic journey but I don't do that nowadays hardly anything at all like that what I will do is that I will call my spirits and I will be whistling and humming and singing and swaying and I'll have my eyes half open or my eyes half closed and I probably won't even have a drum in my hand but I am there at the hospital and I'm feel like I'm there at the hospital I really sense that I am I'm not making it up I'm I'm not not saying that my spirit has gone to the hospital but I know that I'm not pretending that's the important thing for me always I'm being authentic to my experience and if I'm not feeling that what I'm doing is authentic to the best of my ability I step back from it and don't do it because it doesn't feel real so I'm I'm feeling authentically that I'm at the hospital and I'm I'm kind of got got the sort of like an energetic picture of the hospital. I, I didn't know this hospital at all. I've never been to it. It was in a different country even. But I'm working there kind of like I'm in the hospital. I'm blessing. I'm sort of smudging. I'm doing, doing uh, I do quite a lot of work with uh, some Tibetan forms, doing mantras and things like that. So I'm doing those sorts of things to the corners of each of the rooms um, and just generally preparing the space and making it feel like it's a good space to support the person that's going there. That is, I don't know, is that healing? I think that's healing. It certainly is along those lines, but it doesn't involve the person being actually in the room with you. And I, as I say, I do an awful lot of that kind of work. I'm talking very generally today in this, this podcast. I'm going to go and, and, and we'll do some more sort of nitty gritty bits uh, in more detail later. This is a kind of overview. Um, one of the other ways that I work is a lot with uh, spirit dolls, um, if you like, the kind of voodoo doll, only I don't make them out of wax and I don't stick pins in them. Um, I have a whole different variety of, of little dolls that I use, um, and they represent uh, people who who are in need, and I work with them on my altar. 
Um, I'm not going to say too much about that now because that's that's something else for another podcast. But uh, that's another way of working distance with people. If people come to me to actually do healing work in the room, I very often will fall back on some ceremonial forms that I know that have been taught to me either by my spirits or from uh, my teachers. And um, I may adapt them because every person's an individual. Um, but uh, it, it, that, those are the kind of things that I tend to do if if the person's in the room with me. I For me, I like working in that kind of uh, ceremonial way because, it, it, for me, it gives me a structure. Uh, and I, I kind of feel comfortable doing that. And yet when I've seen a uh, film of uh, traditional shamans working, they often... Well, they will have ceremonies, but they'll often be doing things quite spontaneously. There's a wonderful film. I don't even know if it's available on DVD or anything, but if it is, it's really worth looking for. Uh, It's called um, Oracles and Demons of Ladakh, I think. And it's about the Lapa tradition uh, in in Ladakh in the Himalayas. And... uh, the shamans go way out of it, like I was saying a little while ago about the fact that the spirits come in big time with those in, with those shamans in that tradition. And uh, I know in, in one part of the film, the, 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 the shaman shoots the uh, shoes, rather, sh- chases the, um, the, the whole camera crew and the director and everybody out of the healing room, kind of. Just, just chases them away. I think I seem to remember they were waving a sword at the time. I'm not completely sure about that, but kind of on an energetic level, I'm sure they were. Um, so there's so many different ways of doing healing. So I think I'm going to probably finish at this point. I'm not going to make these podcasts as long as the last little lot. Maybe I'll get to do more of them, and uh, they won't be such a, a mammoth job for me if I have to have to sort of, uh, talk, you know, not having to talk for 45 minutes or something. So this is a short hello again, and uh, I will do another one very soon, focusing in a lot more about different forms of healing. And if you've got questions, please email me, or if you're on Facebook, um, make contact, can say hello, and, you know, ask me stuff, pester me. Um, oh, I probably shouldn't say that, should I? But anyway, I'm sure you'll pester me nicely if you do pester me at all. My email address is nick at sacredhoop.org. Uh, the podcast website is www.3worlds.co.uk. That's the digit three, not the word three. Um, on Facebook, I'm Nicholas Breezewood. And uh, if you've got questions about healing or suggestions for podcasts and just general feedback and stuff like that, please contact me. Let me know about them and and I'll try and do some stuff on it. Um, We've covered mm, loads of stuff and nothing at all tonight, but it's nice to talk to you all. And uh, I'll be back soon with a little bit more stuff in depth. So till then.